Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop on here real quick before the episode starts and give a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Now that that's out of the way, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy it because it helps the podcast grow. And don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. Hello and welcome back to Mindful as a Mother. We are doing my favorite episodes, which are the Q&A ones, and I'm here with Paige in person. Hey! She's such a delight. I'm so excited to be able to record so many of these podcasts in person this weekend. Yeah, it's great because it really helps us vibe. There is no other word. Yeah, we're vibing. We're vibing. So for those that don't know, every month we host a Q&A question podcast episode because we get so many questions on our Mindful as a Mother TikTok. Shameless plug, Mindful as a Mother on TikTok. This is where we get our most relevant questions, our most relevant content, um, and you have quicker access to us. And then we also have Instagram and Facebook. You can also shoot us a question at mindfulasamotherpod at gmail.com. That's where we pull all of our questions from. And we answer a lot of questions on TikTok, but I feel like with the algorithm and when you're scrolling, it can be hard to like find a certain question because we do have so much content. So I really love that we compile some of the more relevant questions or common questions yeah. into an episode every single month. So if you have a question, please don't hesitate to reach out to us in all the ways and let us know. Yeah, slide into our DMs. Speaking of scrolling, you know what I've been doing less of? Scrolling? Yeah, doom scrolling in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I've been doing is I found myself doom scrolling instead of just starting the day. And so I, when my alarm goes off, I have my phone across the room, mm-hmm. roll out of bed. So I actually have to, to get up to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And then I drink a full cup of water just because I'm always a dehydrated bitch. <laughs> and then I have my magic mind and my cup of coffee. Love it. I also have been avoiding like looking at my phone for the first hour of my day. Oh, that's so good. And it really does change the way I show up during the day. Well, that and magic mind because magic mind is the other very important part of the morning routine. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of, because we're in 2023 now, a lot of TikToks. It's like my five-step morning routine. I'm <laughs> like, GRWM, get ready with me. Yes. And my two-step morning routine <laughs> is uh, coffee and magic mind. Yes. Well, the indigens and the nootropics, along with the matcha green tea caffeine, really helps me have like a calm calm type of focus that helps me ease into the morning instead of getting stuck doom scrolling and then I don't eat and then when I don't eat I get really anxious and my blood sugar plummets like it's a whole thing it's a cycle yeah and matcha um, I'm not like a fan of matcha generally so I was a little hesitant when I was like when we first started trying this when I was like reading the ingredients and stuff but I actually love the taste and it doesn't taste super matcha-y to me or super like kale like it does not taste like dirt to me and that is always a plus when taking a supplement 
Yeah, then I'm more productive in my productive time, more rested in my rested time, so I can get up early enough to drink it without having to fight my eight-year-old for it because she likes it too. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, greens in an eight-year-old, that's a plus. So <laughs> if you want to grab your magic mind, Paige has a wonderful link and discount code for us, and it is 56% off. They upped our discount code, which, cool. Heck yeah, 56%. Um, so it's you go to the link at www.magicmind.co forward slash motherhood. Use the code motherhood, M-O-T-H-E-R-H-O-O-D. Welcome to the hood, folks. Get 56% off your subscription, which will let you order more for less. And that's what I always recommend. Yes, and it's something that like with all supplements, you and, and you do feel the benefits the first day. Like you sometimes you start taking a supplement and vitamin and you like don't feel the benefits the first day. But with this, you definitely feel the benefits the first day. But on day 14, you really feel the benefits. Yeah, I agree. So check us out. Our promo code again is motherhood. And then in the show notes, we'll put the link. Okay, let's get to the questions. Yeah, we're going to dive right in. So the first question is, it seems like suicide is running through my city. How do I address this with my children and help them through the loss without them thinking suicide is the answer? So this is hard because I think we want to shelter and protect our kids, but we also need to share with them the reality of the world that we live in and the the things that do come up for kids and teenagers. And Mm -hmm. I don't know the age of the specific child, but... um, My go-to in talking to kids about hard things is do it frequently, do it often, don't make it a huge deal. And um, I love that. Do it frequently, do it often. That's the same thing. I know. But I think it's important repetition. So I'm like, do it frequently as in weave it in. Mm -hmm. And then when you weave it in, find opportunities often. Yes. And to be as honest as possible on an age-appropriate level as possible. Mm -hmm. I think one of the big myths or misconceptions that we're starting to see being released is that the more you talk about suicide the more likely someone is to choose to die by suicide and that's not the case it's actually the opposite Mm -hmm. so the more that we open this conversation and discuss the experience the less likely they are to believe that that is the answer and i think talking about a part of the conversation with um children especially teenagers, is talking about what to do if a friend is suicidal. Yeah, that's really prevalent right now post-COVID. And with topics like this, when your child comes to you with something like this or when you're having the conversation, when I say don't make it a big deal, it is a very heavy topic that deserves weight, which is why you're talking about it so much, but also in a way that's like not emotionally reactive because sometimes when we are emotionally reactive, when kids come to us with heavy things, they avoid that because they either want to protect us or they don't want us to be like upset at them or for them. Yeah, they're scared of the emotional reaction. Mm -hmm. I saw this clothing brand the other day that I really liked, and I feel like I kind of just want to weave into my regular, going back to weaving, but into my regular conversations with my kids where um, life is better with you here. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that um, when we are in pain, our brains and bodies perceive that the pain will be forever. That's like one part of like the human condition and the human brain and how it works. And so just reminding your kids that even though it seems that way, that feelings are not permanent. And if they are having those thoughts, it doesn't mean they will feel this way forever. And there are things that we can do to help them. And I just want to share the suicide hotline number with all of you because we're talking about this. So if you or someone you know is um, 
struggling with suicidal thoughts or their child is, you can just dial 988 now, um, or you can even SMS or chat 988. And I don't know what the, the big number was. I think they may have changed it. Um, so 988 is the number that you can call the national one, but there's also local ones that are really great. And if you're in Utah, it really depends on the county you're in. So you would want to Google like, um, I know Salt Lake County is the uni mobile crisis team or crisis outreach. And then, um, Davis County, if you just Google like the Davis County crisis line, um, I don't know about Idaho page, but, and I know we have listeners from everywhere, but if you just Google like a local crisis line, that's more like local access to resources. I think something really important to like educate kids about as well when it comes to suicide and suicide prevention is that if someone comes to you with a suicidal thought, it does not mean that they will be hospitalized immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, they may end up in that if that is what is best for them, but that it is more about like keeping them safe. Yeah. So they did change the number to just 988 now that it's active. Okay. And then you can also, if you want to um, reach a crisis counselor directly, you can type go, G-O, to the number 741741. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And sometimes those crisis counselors are like really helpful to talk through things because you're you're in a dark place and um, maybe you struggle with suicidal thoughts or um, your teen or child does regularly and they just need someone to talk to in that moment. Yeah. And it, it can be a little more private that way. Um, okay, question number two, a little bit lighter. How do you balance having more than one kid? I don't. Um, I mean, kidding, but not. Balance is a myth. Yes, balance is a myth. We juggle. We don't balance. And sorry, uh, I'm moving my chair that we're sitting in, so you're going to hear that in the podcast. Um, Sometimes we are dropping balls all over the place, and I think it's a lot about being intentional. There's that word again, with time and needs and attunement to specific your specific child, Mm -hmm. children, and their needs. And then sometimes it's about prioritizing and who needs what the most in the moment. Yeah, absolutely. We often recommend the 10 to 15 minutes a day of child-directed time together for that attunement. On TikTok the other day, another clinician said that sometimes if a parent is feeling overwhelmed, they recommend a 3-3-3 method. It's like 3 in the morning, 3 in the afternoon, 3 at night. Mm -hmm. Uh, as a way to like squeeze that in and I know for me personally 333 would be much more harder to achieve but it, different systems for different peoples right mm-hmm. peoples, peoples. <laughs> but different systems for different people I found out I was pregnant with my third kiddo when my second one was only 11 months old mm-hmm. and so that was an adjustment period and it was very difficult having two kids that had a lot of needs at the same time and so what I did personally was I, I really, really took a look at my expectations of self and I didn't have a ton of resources to like outsource childcare or get a break or hire a sitter or buy food all the time so I didn't have to cook. But I limited leaving the house with all three of my children at the same time. And I um, came up with like realistic expectations of maybe what one child would need at different times of the day. So I was like, oh, I can give this kiddo a snack of crackers while I'm nursing this baby type situation. Yeah, I think it's all about like planning and adjusting as much as possible. My experience is a little different. I went from one kid to three kids, which was freaking wild. It was wild. 
Um, and so that was a blur and just a lot of grace and compassion for myself and reminding yourself that like, this is temporary. Yeah. This is my hope for every care provider. I was going to say woman, but a care provider. It's a theme called the seven sisters and we can just apply it in a level of gender neutrality, Mm -hmm. but it's having seven people that you can reach out to for differing levels of support. Mm -hmm. at any given time and I think most of us as adults do not prioritize having natural supports in that way Mm -hmm. so my hope would be for every parental care provider especially in the early stages of your kiddo's life is to start to cultivate a seven sisters type circle and not to get like too sociological on everyone but when we talk about like it takes a village Mm -hmm. like um the reason kids um were raised in villages and we operated in villages as people is because motherhood is hard and it is not something that or child rearing i guess in general is hard and it's not something that uh one person can do alone right Mm -hmm. there were different people in in the tribes that did different or villages or whatever you want to call it that that had different roles and played different um parts that were all helpful and supportive of each other so finding your own tribe creating your own tribe or community whether that's family or blood um whether it's not yeah is really important find a system and that could be like local groups at your community that could be um people in your neighborhood that could be uh, Mother's Day out at the local church, even if you're not religious. And you would be shocked, like, what resources there are. Like, I just heard of um, in Utah, in Clearfield, if you're listening and you're in Utah, there's, like, a free daycare. Um, doesn't matter your income level, anything like that. And it's, like, three hours a week. Yeah. I was like, that's, part, like, if you need a little break, a nap, like. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are. And then we had the undomesticated mom on last season, and she talked about being able to create villages within your friends and doing like trading, uh, babysitting. trading babysitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I recently had a friend who has a 13 year old, and I was like, Would your 13 year old, because she's not yet comfortable doing independent babysitting, would she be open to doing like mother's help? Mm-hmm. Right? That could be a support. Mm-hmm. So being able to uh, create that is my hope. For all care providers, honestly. And I think a really important part of managing multiple kids. And I have um, a mother's helper, kind of like it. Not, she's, that's not her official <laughs> title. We kind of joke. We call her the nanny, but she's she's not really our nanny. Um, she's my niece. And she's just around a lot. She hangs out a lot. And I buy her her snacks that she likes and her food. And she genuinely loves my kids. And she's great for watching them and helping with, like, household tasks. And I pay her a little bit of money. And it's, you know, it works out great for us Mm -hmm. so if you have those options um and if you don't look into ways to cultivate that yeah absolutely all right next question how to handle bickering between siblings this might be a hot take i don't know if you do the same thing i let them work it out on their own to the to a certain point Mm -hmm. and then when i feel like i need to intervene i do yeah because I could spend all day <laughs> micromanaging my kids' conflict. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they work it out on their own or they find ways. And um, going back to our episode, I can't remember what it's called, where we talked about Big Bucket, Little Bucket. Oh, yeah. Um, they we got to give them a chance to like foster those conflict resolution skills. And so if you're working on those skills, giving them a chance to use them mm-hmm. and put them into practice. Yeah. I love that. I know some of our listeners um, and members of our Facebook group have also worked on like a reward system 
for some of those behaviors, which we've coached them through in our Facebook group, right? You ask questions, and so we kind of offer suggestions, and nothing's cookie cutter, so it's trial and error. And so she's been working on some of the big bucket, little bucket skills. Hi, hope you don't mind me sharing. Um, and, and then was still running into a lot of conflict with her kiddos. And so she started more or less like a reward system where if they were kind to each other, like the expectation is kindness and respect. And if they were, then they get like a token. And if they get so many tokens, then they work together to collaborate to get that reward. And then extra tokens for utilizing those problem-solving skills. So like rewarding and positively reinforcing some of that. And I also feel like the level of parental involvement in conflict depends on the type of kid, the level of emotional intensity of the conflict, and the skills that your kids have. And so it's going to have to, there's no cut and dry way to do this. And so as you're building these conflict resolution skills, like to be honest, sometimes my kids will come to me and they'll complain and I'll be like, why are you talking to me about this? Go talk to your brother. He's the one you have a complaint with. Like it's something that mm-hmm. I feel like they have the skills to work out. Yeah. And, and and I'll say, I'm always here. I'll be like, if that doesn't work, come back to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you want me to support you with that? I mm-hmm. often talk to my kids about that. She had a conflict with one of her peers. So it wasn't her sibling, but one of her peers while they were playing at our house, and she was like, Mom, come here. It's like, it hurt my feelings when this and this happened. And I was like, okay, so will you talk to them? But actually, I think it's really important that you are able to share your feelings with them and what happened because it was something between you guys, and I can be there to support you. Tell me the level of proud you feel when you hear your child like resolving a conflict or using an I feel statement in like the wild a 10 out of 10 in the wild 10 out of 10 you're like you're a therapist kid like you're like your mom's a therapist you're doing this is how we tell me your mom's a therapist (laughs) without telling me your mom's a therapist it was so good and so I did I just supported her she had like her blanket over her head kind of hiding her face and she was like I feel sad when you da 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 and can you please not do that and they were like sorry and then they hugged and it was over. And that was the only conflict of the evening. And I really didn't have to do much. But I also, it feels good as a mom to be there to emotionally support them. and know that that's a safe place for them always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can come and like bounce ideas or like say this is going on. But also being like encouraged to flex those conflict resolution muscles. Yes. Because if we don't flex it, it don't grow. Mm-hmm. All right, and I think this is our last question for this episode. How are we on time? Uh, 17 minutes. All right, so this is the last question for this episode. What do you do when you have a schedule and your toddler has their own very opposite schedule? And then part two of this question is how do you make leaving somewhere fun easier for you and them? With toddlers and the developmental stage they're in, there's a high need for autonomy and boundary testing. And so I really like to give toddlers and all kids as much autonomy as possible whenever possible. Um, But there are times where we need to be somewhere on time (laughs) or we need to uh, like do things a certain way or act a certain way. Like, you you know, you can't be climbing on the table at a restaurant or, you know, things like that. so I like to prepare them as much as possible for like schedules that have to happen, mm-hmm. but then also allowing the freedom and autonomy. And if you front load, like uh, giving them control and autonomy, sometimes they will conform better to your schedule that you are on. Yeah, absolutely. My kids wake up super early and that does not align with my husband's schedule. He does not get up at 6 a.m. And so 
what we did is we came up with a compromise on like the kids want to be awake. Their body says that they're done sleeping because they sleep like 11, 11 and a half hours a night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm like, that's developmentally enough. So we can't be like, you're not sleeping enough just because mm-hmm. we want to get up as parents mm-hmm. or we don't want to get up as parents. Sorry. Um, so we compromised on your body says you're done sleeping and you want to get up. So <clears throat> would you rather stay in your room and play quietly or would you rather go to the playroom and play quietly? And then they were like, hey, well, I'm going to get up but I'll stay in my room. It's like, cool, we're not forcing you to stay asleep or lay in your bed with the light off. But we're asking our boundary, my schedule, is the respect of, like, letting the rest of us sleep. Yeah, and that's such an important, like, skill to learn. Mm -hmm. Toddlers think that they want to be in charge and they're hot shit, but really, they don't. (laughs) Like, they want all the autonomy, but it's really just a front. So we're going to give them all of the choices that we can provide them within our boundary. Mm-hmm. So, like, we get to call the shots and they just think they're the boss. Yeah, and that's really the trick of toddler parenting is, like, do you want to play quietly in your room or the playroom? Yeah. But What's the option choice? is not that you're going to wake the whole house up. Yes, the option is not playing Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys 10 out of 10 on Alexa at 5.30 in the morning. Although that is a bomb way to wake up. I love that that's their alarm and their go-to, but no, ma'am. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you so much for Wait, being Wait, we got to, how do you leave fun places? Oh, sorry. How do you leave fun places? Jeezy. Paige, you're slipping. That's true. Um, listen, we're like a lot of podcasts deep today, so it's okay that she's slipping. Um, I, I like what we talked about earlier with like how much longer do you need here or how much longer do you feel like you want to play sometimes my kids will be like forever I try to like give warnings set structure I also set the expectation going into the fun things so say we're going to a birthday party at a trampoline park I say when mom says it's time to leave it is time to leave I will give you two warnings and you know and sometimes I offer a reward um, and it's not a reward based on behavior per se but like a we're going to do this right after yeah And so it's like an incentive, maybe is a better, like an incentive to leave. So, and it's almost always ice cream in my house. Oh, I love ice cream. Yeah. yeah. But it is very, it is a very developmentally normal response to have a meltdown when we're ending something we enjoy Mm -hmm. as a toddler. Totally normal. So if we shift our expectation first to expect that this is the potential of a behavior, like this is developmentally normal. Now, how do we curb this? Um, and use those things. I love the idea of setting the intention going in. Like, this is how long we'll be here. Kids don't always have a sense of time. But, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, they think it's five minutes, but I really made it. It was, like, 15. I'm like, okay, time to go. Mm-hmm. But um, something that I think is really important is acknowledging that it's, one, a, developmental, a developmentally normal response to have a meltdown when we stop doing something we enjoy mm-hmm. because we don't want to stop. And two, that no matter what you do, sometimes you're going to surfboard carry your kid out of a fun place. I was just going to say that. I was going to say fireman carry. <laughs> there are both. Same I mean, thing. One same on my shoulder, though. one on my hip sideways. I have carried. And um, like Sam's tantrums were on 10 with transitions and it's like an autism thing. Autism yeah. tantrums. Yeah. I saw the rigidity. T- <laughs> I saw this TikTok. It was so funny. It's like when I hear parents complain about tantrums, but they've never had like to deal with an autism tantrum. I just had to like chuckle. Um, <laughs> but like sometimes that's what it is. And it's doing your own inner work around um, people are looking at me. What are people thinking yeah. of my parenting? And it's like, I'm just going to throw you over my shoulder and we're doing this. Yeah. And we're going to bounce because it's time. And I tried all of the things that the ladies on the podcast told me to try. 
And we still endorse you firemen carrying them out, just so you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Leaving fun places is hard. Okay, and now we really are done with this episode. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to write in and ask these questions. We really appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, creating community and smashing parental stigma, embracing mindful motherhood and positive parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.